Welcome to Taking the P, Episode 7, Conversations about life, health, and overcoming the challenges we face on our individual journeys. This time, I speak to Gareth Marsh about education and ambition. Gareth is a freelance music educator in Thurrock, South Essex, where he has more than two decades of experience using music as a tool to help people develop and grow. He has worked with all ages and abilities, especially young people with behavioural struggles, who've been on the wrong side of the law or with physical and mental learning disabilities. He performs under the name of Sensation Smith, loves mangling sounds on a computer and is a wannabe connoisseur of Islay whiskies. In this episode, we also have a special guest who flies in for a brief appearance, so keep an ear out for them. As usual, we have a good old convo waffle. So get ready, here we go! Today is Gareth Marsh. He is an old friend. Um, I haven't seen him for quite a long time until recently, and we've picked up our friendship. So we're going to have a chat today about life. He actually, strangely, hasn't got anything wrong with him, uh, which is unusual for <laughs> well, my not, guests. Not diagnosed, not known. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to try and have a, just a conversation about maybe uh, along the lines of midlife crisis. So I was talking to Gareth earlier about the previous podcast, which if you haven't listened to, it'd be great to listen to, with Patty Bevelacqua, who suffers from multiple sclerosis. And she was talking, at one point in the podcast, she talked about how she wished she could talk to herself, you know, of 10 years ago. And uh, it started a, a kind of thought process in me of thinking, well, if I could kind of go back 10 years and, and talk to myself, what would I be able to tell myself and what would I be able to learn would it improve my chances now and how would that make my life so that's the kind of uh, maybe the seed of the idea that we're going to go with but first of all maybe i'll get gareth to introduce himself and let you know what he gets up to when he's not on my podcast well thank you thank you very much uh hello yeah so i am a music educator by trade but very interested in sort of psychologically how thing, how things work how to how my students can get the best of themselves and i've really learned a lot i think from them about how to get the best out of myself hmm. so i think that's my sort of real area of expertise where i am in life at the moment is I'm currently going through a pretty amicable divorce and uh, I've uh, just got my own new place and I'm feeling great right now but I'm well aware that these are emotional times for myself and uh, I may have some kind of uh, issues, emotional issues coming up but right yeah. now I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about things. Maybe we can forward. record your emotional breakdown. It would. Uh, yes, that would be a good sequel. Help my, uh, <laughs> help my statistics. <laughs> I'll base. give you a, the first thing I'll do is give you a call. <laughs> if it gets that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so just to warn anyone that's listening, there is a fly in here which we have tried to get rid of. <laughs> just taken but, uh, half an hour <laughs> failing to get it out of the room. We've given up because it's cleverer than we are, <laughs> which is something to say to the two middle-aged men who cannot get a fly out of the room. <laughs> That's about where we're at. So you said that you're um, 
a music educator, what kind of ages are you dealing with then? Uh, well, I'm freelance, so I'll do whatever anyone will pay me for. But um, I've sort of specialised, I've done all kinds of ages, but I've, I've specialised in uh, secondary age, really. Yeah. Yeah. And how does that, um, say, music educator, what, what does that entail? Um, well, it's rather than just being a music teacher, it, well, in terms of teaching instruments, my main aim is more about using music as a tool to help young people realise that they can learn things mm. because they don't realise that they're being taught something because they're just having fun. Mm. And then you point out, look what you've learned, and then they realise they can learn. That's slightly simplifying <laughs> the human psyche, especially the teenage psyche, which is a particularly interesting part of the human psyche, as we may or may not all remember. Uh, yeah, that's the basic thing of it, that it's, it's more about helping the, the person grow than just becoming as good as possible on the instrument. Not that I mind if they get quite good at instruments and challenge me and force me to actually <laughs> practice a bit more. <laughs> So the interesting thing of dealing or working with other people is sort of, you know, comparing experiences. So we kind of, obviously I sit here having my midlife crisis, which is partly why I've started doing a podcast yeah. and um, analyzing, overanalyzing and reanalyzing my life and thinking, why haven't I achieved all these kind of things I, I wanted to achieve in my life? What do you think about the young people today? Are they, are they any different to what we were like or are they, you know, people always say, oh, you know, this generation is not as good as when we were growing up. We were all much more better behaved and we were much more sensible. And I'm starting to think that that's a, a lie of being uh, an adult, that you suddenly have this kind of switch in your head that changes when you become an adult that thinks, I never behaved like that. I never did anything yeah, like that. Sort of nostalgia mm. and mm. Uh, rose-tinted. tinted Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, there are definitely changes it's a different time. The way technology has changed mm. and the way we've all changed as, as our, due to our societal exposure to more and more things and different things, the way culture at least presents very differently. Yeah, it is a different world, but fundamentally we're all still human beings. Yeah. And actually, I think to some extent, whilst it may well be true that you're less likely to find as many kids as, ha as able, happy, who will just sit down in a lesson? Uh, it's, it's harder to get. Well, like you know, back at school, there was quite. A, I had quite a lot of lessons where you're just sitting there and the teacher's talking, and you really wouldn't yeah. get very far with that these days. <laughs> but I think the flip side of that is that young people these days are way more able to talk about their feelings. Yeah. Whereas we would have just had a blank. We wouldn't have understood that we were feeling something. Yeah. And they're actually much. I think the education system, in many ways, has moved on towards encouraging freer thinking and better thinking in the individual hmm. which is going to result in more questioning which is going to result in in, in less compliant behavior hmm. and i don't think that's a bad thing <laughs> i think that's a good thing the flies on the window i'm going to try and get it out oh, oh. okay uh, one what was i saying one nil to the fly definitely <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um uh, yeah so i, I I think it's interesting. I think, yeah, I don't think one should... I don't think us, as as we say, we're going we're gonna to label ourselves middle-aged men, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the label we're, we're claiming for ourselves. Mm. I don't think either going, oh, they're the same as us, <laughs> or going, oh, they, it's, it was harder in my day or easier in my day. I don't think either are particularly useful. It's all about individuals in individual situations. But I, I, 
I, I, I don't think we've gone backwards. I think I think you had less to distract you when we were growing up in terms of like access to media and information and like technology now we're carrying around in our pockets computers mm. aren't we where we've got access to the internet and you can google something and get either correct information or misinformation <laughs> very easily yes yes and and well that's a big thing at the moment in schools is teaching kids how to discern <laughs> and if you can get that like i don't trust the thing i hear i mm. think about it for myself i mean that's such an important skill to have so I don't think it's a bad thing. And the availability of information, as I so often say to my students, if I wanted to learn a song, mm. I would have to save up my money, walk yeah. into town, go to uh, the music shop, yeah. find a book with the song in it, with nine other songs that I didn't want to learn, <laughs> buy that, walk home again, then I could start trying to play the song. Whereas all you need to do is Google it now. We've mm. got tunes on our phones. We've got things on our phones that can do incredible things. It's not backwards in any way. It's just, it's, 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 it's obviously <laughs> all technology. It's not the technology, it's the people using it. Yeah, because it's... Problems, um, but it's, it's a useful thing. It's, it's so good. Access to information is mm. like one of the major changes in the past of 20 years, probably, yeah. of the information that's available. I was thinking, that's correct, at school, I remember... It was expensive to buy sheet music that there was a shop uh, was it Dulces or Daces Daces yes that's the one that's the one I had to go to to get my 10 top hits yeah and pour over and there'd be like the Beatles um, you know uh, um, anthology oh I don't know I know the one I know the one everyone had it yeah yeah uh, big thick thing but it was about 20 quid I think yeah yeah. so it wasn't something you just sort of wandered in and got I'm talking 20 quid in the 80s back in the day when all this was fields yeah and we also the amount of music produced was less wasn't it and it was a different age in terms of music production Mm -hmm. so we we're kind of uh, our parents were born well my parents were born just before the end of the second world war so it's that generational thing so my parents were of that my father's very reserved um, much, I'd say, when you look at pictures of him when he was at college and things, he looked like old when he was young. Yeah. Uh, this is like pictures of him looking with a pipe and horn-rimmed glasses. Oh, the thing is, now that would look pretty hipster. <laughs> <laughs> but then, when I was a kid, it looked like he'd always been an adult even from like when he was at school oh, so yeah. it's a it, it's kind of a strange look and then when we were growing up in the 80s it was there was a sort of identity you could have wasn't there i mean i wasn't i wasn't with the cool kids or anything <laughs> i always thought you were pretty cool alex <laughs> yeah well that's because you hang out with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, a, an interesting thing we were sort of interested in music hmm. as, as kids weren't we so that was definitely the thing that brought us together really mm. wasn't it <laughs> oh, the floor's on the window I'm going to try again yes one all one all <laughs> it's a draw now we've got to lock the, lock the room down so nothing else gets in if it comes back how in much again. oxygen have we got left <laughs> yeah seal the windows yeah. oh it's put me off my stride that boy uh, we were back to the 80s yeah, I was kind of off on a bit of a dead end there, though, wasn't I? A, you were trying to, trying to get your rose-tinted glasses off. An important thing I want to say about people yeah. in general, and that is the, a thing I've learned in 20-odd years of 
music teaching, you have no idea from a sort of initial assessment who's going to be good. Yeah. Two people pick up the same instrument at the same time. One of them seems to get it straight away, and the other one struggles. Hmm. The other one, it's like, this is just a mess. It doesn't sound right, and so on. If the one who struggles keeps going, hmm. they'll, in my experience, they'll end up the better musician because they've learned straight away from the beginning mm. to push through, or they've enjoyed that pushing through. Whereas the one who achieves straight away, they then think they can do it, and when they find something they can't do, they'll lose all self-esteem, mm. so they won't try it. <laughs> so, yeah, so they don't get through. So it's that, it's that working at it. And I think that's a big psychological thing that I've learned through working with them about myself. Yeah. And I think well, if, you, if you want to learn about yourself try teaching someone something and try and really sort of listen to what they're saying not what you think you're saying to them and uh, just have patience I've got a couple of students who did I started teaching them when they were like I don't know uh, 11 12 yeah. and now they're in their 20s mm. uh, most students don't keep going that long but uh, these two has done and both of them they kept coming and their parents thought it was good for them and they enjoyed the lessons but they didn't do any practice. Mm. And I would spend each lesson going, well, try practicing. It's a good idea. But don't, but don't, you know, if you can't practice, if you forget to practice, come along next time. We'll just do this hour. That's better than doing nothing. They really just, both of them, just wouldn't practice. And eventually, after hearing me say, well, try practicing, try practicing, try practicing, you know, every week for two years, like both of them, at about the same time, were obviously just bored at home. And they just had had, they had this voice of Gareth yeah. in their head that just sort of piped up try practicing and they did and like in a week they learned as much as they, they improved as much as they had in the previous three to six months mm. and then they'd learnt it for themselves and then they'd gone on and now they're really good you wouldn't have said they would be that good yeah, by the at the initial... beginning and you should never if something doesn't work at first mm. that's got very very little bearing on whether you <laughs> can do it or not <laughs> And I think that's a really important thing to sort of look at. And it's something that I've really struggled with because I thought, because I exactly that what I've just described. I mean, yeah. I've I've read about that. I'm, I'm not making that up. Other cleverer people have <laughs> done studies and stuff. I can see my approach to things in life has worked like that, where I've wimped out of trying things or certainly trying things a second time if it didn't work the first time or mm. if I get to a stage where it doesn't work. And that understanding that it's okay to sort of make the mistakes and if you just keep going the mistakes are actually useful things it means you're trying to do something that you can't do and that's that's how you get good so yeah that's 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 one of the big lessons that I've learned from kind of from the students really from watching them and just that's, kind of not giving up on them so that's an interesting thing for you then to apply to yourself well definitely first of all in my uh in my uh, um, guitar playing, I'm now like I've. It wasn't until I, you know I'd been playing for ten, fifteen years, and then teaching for another sort of five years before I started practicing. Mm. It was only then, having been telling people to practice, I, I had the voice, little voice of little Gareth in my head going, "Maybe you should try practicing," just because I'd heard it from myself yeah. enough times, because I'm lazy, and 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 I tried it. And guess what? I improved in that week <laughs> as much got, as I did in the previous three to six months. Got better. Yeah, yeah. Who'd uh -huh. have thought Who'd have putting thought? effort in makes things happen? But the idea that that idea that making mistakes is useful, and we're certainly, I feel like, in the education system that we grew up in, mm. 
you really did it was definitely reinforced that idea that you have not succeeded at this point right whereas in the education system i see now certainly in the better schools or with better teachers um not everyone's perfect most of the teachers i work with are absolutely <laughs> incredible but most of the time there is that yes okay if you've made a mistake let's have a look at what you've done see if you can make it better next time that yeah. kind of approach and under trying to get that across but it's really difficult to do yeah. because it's so sort of against our in- human instinct yep i think one of the interesting thought experiments i suppose you sit around thinking about life we're reflecting now because we've got that 20 years of being well more than 20 years of being adults 30 years probably since let's not count so, um, <laughs> let's not do the maths but since we were at school at least getting on for 30 years i would yeah. have thought i think boredom is one of the most incredibly creative things that, that can be happening to someone and i think that in some ways now my kids I see them, if there's not something on telly or they haven't got something to look at or do, they're bored. And I, I was thinking, in the, in the 1980s, again, <laughs> the rose tinted glasses, we didn't have... We had sticks we could play with. Well, we had the telly, <laughs> but, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, there was like this kind of Sunday afternoon thing when it was like really boring and there was no, nothing on telly. Yeah, and, yeah. and you probably had to go and see your grandparents or something. <laughs> yeah. And there's this kind of sort of Sunday afternoon level of boredom. And when we were doing music at school, we had Porter Studios, which are little cassette recorders, and you could record four tracks on a little cassette, which a lot of young people don't probably know what a cassette is, but it's a, it's an analogue recording thing. Um, maybe I'll put a link in the description. <laughs> yeah, just, just a, a picture of what, what is, a yeah. cassette is. But it absolutely, when I was young... That piece of technology was one of the revolutions of my life at the time. Yeah. It was such a versatile thing. You could record two tracks with just a normal recorder or you could record four tracks with one of these board studios. Yeah. So doing GCSE music and it was just a, a, like a, a door to creativity because you could mm. do speed it up and slow it down. It was it was very analogue and hands-on. Yeah, yeah. An awful lot you could do with that that the Beatles could could do in the yeah. 60s and so on yeah 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 so but it was portable and it, yeah you could you know you could carry it around with you and i i mean i remember like just loving the creativity of that and and i also um recently read an article about the amiga yeah. and i had this thing on it called octomed didn't i buy that off you that amiga <laughs> possibly <laughs> yeah i definitely remember working on octomed off of it i'm pretty sure and it was a really you. fantastic little sequencer fantastic. and i was probably more creative with that than i've been a lot in my adult life um, just because it was so simple and yeah. it was so sort of intuitive to use mm. and it was um, completely different to all the other sort of more complicated software yeah. like Cubase and all that kind of stuff which is very complicated and long You've got a too steep a learning curve mm. to start off with. I think that's really interesting. It's even better now. Yeah. Anyone with an Apple product has got a better and easier thing to use than all of that stuff with GarageBand. Mm. And I've got, lo- I've got a student who he's getting there now, but for, for a year, could not stay in a lesson. <laughs> could not, usually couldn't get in the lesson in the first place. <laughs> but he uh, can work GarageBand yeah. completely. He's now teaching the other students how to, how to work it. So that's he's the, he's the really, he's, he's the only one who's actually realised when I'm typing the password into the computer, he's picked out what it is. He's like, that's sharp. But, so, he couldn't, but he can't cope. In a lesson, and these are this is in a, 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 a school with classes of usually about five, so that's the kind of level that this kid 
struggled at still. So you're not talking. But, sorry, you're not talking about a mainstream school. That setting. school that I work in, no, no, no. Okay. It's, it's for kids who've got kicked out. Of so this boy has has previously been unable to engage in a in a class in setting. a normal class setting, and then been and then been unable to engage in a small. Is that with the other point. pupils or with the teachers or with all of them? With anything. His timetable says he's got to be there. This computes as something he must not do <laughs> in his head. Not that he's got anything else to do. <laughs> not that he wants anything else to do. Just he knows he doesn't go to lessons. So let, let's label him up and say, it, society would say that he is stupid and pointless and useless. Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you know, would have thought... Uh, this is a kid who will amount to nothing. Yeah. But he has learnt the technical skills. He's working on things. He's practicing. He's into it. He's engaged. Frankly, he could do almost anything in life mm. if he can keep that going, mm. keep moving in that positive direction, mm. and learn to stay away or leave the friends he's got who 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 uh, don't have positive things going on in their life. Let's say. Yeah. yeah. So there's an element of that of. Mm. Um, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if you see the potential in someone and you know that it's going to be really difficult to get that person from A to B, yeah. that's a really hard challenge. And it's so difficult if you think, well, you've got them in school for that many hours. Few hours. The rest of the time, they're out there learning the opposite in terms of how to behave. Because we're talking about time, uh, like broadly speaking about time and saying, well, what if what if I could you know, go back and talk to myself or tell myself something? Because I... Having uh, been a bit ill and I've got various things going on and, and like reflecting and, and I know you're talking about your life changes with breakup of a relationship. So it's a kind of time to reflect anyway. And then there's this thing of like, well, what could I or should I have achieved? And if I was to go back and tell myself, what could I or should I have achieved? But then we're having this other thing against it, juxtaposed that's saying, now I've got X number of years experience I'm not the same person that I was 10 yeah. years ago. And it's those, it's those 10 years from that point of not knowing that that mm. has taught you it. So, so, so I think it's a bit like a time travel science fiction thing. You know, you'd have to go back there, you'd have to not be there in the first place and then you know the thing that wouldn't take you to where you are now and you've broken the timelines and, yeah. Yeah, sounds more complicated than what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the problem with thinking in that way is that I'm... I, admit that I'm thinking that my life although I'm 47 that I'm not able to now achieve anything further in my life that I wanted to do so being brutally honest when I was younger I was a bit of a dreamer and I imagined that I could be writing comedy or I could be in a band or I could do something and now that I've got to be this age I feel like I've lost my opportunity to do anything like that and and that sort of part of my midlife crisis it, and that feels sort of like a hurt or a loss or even like something to grieve but in the conversation we've been having around life and everything that I've been having with other people it's like well hang on a minute because time hasn't run out although yeah. you've got things to deal with mm. does that mean that you cannot achieve anything which is then so now I'm doing a podcast which okay that means that I've got to take some effort and do it and and edit this so this won't be you know what you hear will have been edited so it takes quite a <laughs> hopefully lot of... quite considerable <laughs> and well <laughs> yeah and with the fly buzzing in yeah you know. um, but that it takes quite a lot of effort to produce 
mm. an episode of a podcast. Why am I seeing that as a failure? Why am I not seeing that as a positive thing? Uh, two things there. Firstly, you said effort. It's the effort that gets there. People, people think that the, the big thing with me working in music is like a lot of uh, the young people I work with, they see something like X Factor. And the whole point of X Factor <laughs> is that you magically have talent and you can do it. Yeah. But if you actually watch X Factor or Idol or The Voice, you see how hard these people have to work. It's the effort that gets you there. Yeah. And the only thing that really stops you is not putting that effort in for whatever reason, whether it's time constraints, which is perfectly reasonable, or whether it's sort of self-motivation or doubt or feeling like, well, <laughs> I've wasted my life, so now... What's the, point? what's the point whereas it doesn't actually take all that you know it took a week to do what was previously like six months practicing yeah <laughs> you know in, in the examples that i gave there's plenty of time there's plenty of time and the the other sort of problem i think you were saying about the problem with going what would you say to yourself 10 years ago <laughs> that's there's a problem the advantage of it is you, you're actually saying it to yourself now yeah uh the disadvantage is that you as you say you then have regret for not having done it, not having known it then. But we only ever live now. Yeah. We don't live in the past. That's happened. That's not happening now. We don't live in the future. That hasn't happened yet. It's only now. It's only now that we can affect. It's only now that we can do or fail to do mm. anything. Mm. And it's important to have the ability to fail mm -hmm. because if, you, if there's no chance of failure, then the success means nothing. Mm. The success is not an achievement. So again, failure, making mistakes is a really positive thing in every way. Well, not in every way. Depends on the mistake, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's qualify that. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's... But as a general rule, I think that being positive about what goes wrong, being positive about learning lessons from it, about keeping momentum, I think that's a big thing. I think I'm someone who's had a, a lot of inertia mm. in their life. Mm. Why is uh, that? Why is that? Well, that's the big question. <laughs> uh, one of my things I've recently been thinking is sometimes knowing why isn't so important <laughs> as dealing with it. But um, why is that? I don't think I pushed myself or was pushed or learned to push myself enough. I think if we go sort of historically, sociologically, mm -hmm. using long words there, <laughs> that's worn me out. If we look at things like that, and we, you've mentioned like our parents' generation, yeah. they were much more than us. Yeah. You have your place in life. Yeah. You come out of school, you start your yeah. job, you do your job, you yeah. retire. Whereas now, it's clearly much more, and it's kind of changed for our, our generation has been the, the change, yeah. which is probably quite a difficult psychological thing for us. Mm. Probably hit us more than the next generation. That you keep moving. You keep changing. Mm. Everything keeps changing. No one stays in a job for long. In fact, if your CV shows you staying in a job for more than five years, mm. that's probably a black mark against you <laughs> for a lack of imagination or something like that. <laughs> so, and I think that's I think that's a healthy thing. I think that's really good that you can be more than one thing. That you can keep changing. You can try different things. And it's that it's now that's a norm. Yeah. And I think that the students that I'm teaching at the moment won't have the same sort of confused hang-ups that we've got of, I'm supposed to be doing the thing, whatever the thing is now, as opposed to doing a thing and then doing another thing and then loving that thing, but then I'm bored of that thing and then change to that thing. They're, I think they're a m lot more prepared to live life like that, and I think that's probably healthier. Hmm. I'm sure they'll develop new 
more confusing for us old fuddy-duddy different uh, <laughs> uh, issues but yeah hmm. it's interesting isn't it because hmm. I think sometimes you like if only this had happened if only that had happened and I was talking to my daughter who is 18 and she's looking to get into some kind of film production hmm. and it's difficult because I, I'm sort of thinking about when I was her age I just tried to please my parents and it kind of has generated a, a long problem for me because the topics that I took were incorrect. I should have gone more into sort of drama media and where your passion was or rather writing than, or yeah. yeah, the passionate areas you should have gone into. But at the time it was like, well, I'm trying to please my parents and there's a lot of dynamics going on mm. at, uh, with my family. My father was kind of ill and mm. unhappy, all kinds, all kinds of stuff that when you're sort of just about an adult is, is sort of, you know, complicated to deal with. Very much so, yeah. And then also it kind of was a demotivation to become like my father because he was a kind of workaholic and made himself less well. And he was very bitter towards the world and everything. And I didn't want to be like that. So, mm. you know, I used to um, bum around and I wasn't looking for a, a job. I was always wanting to be sort of doing my own thing. I did lots of odd jobs and all kinds of things like gardening and and then I did kind of get a job in the end because people kept going on at me that I needed to get a job so I went and got a job in IT and it was all right and but after a few years of being there I was sort of really unhappy and and it had a strong emotional cost and mm. all the time in the back of my mind is this sort of like oh, why am I not doing or pursuing and then we have children and then it becomes an issue of you have to earn money to look yeah, after yeah. your family you have to pay the mortgage i didn't really ever want to have a mortgage and then because of you the want to be like a kind went. of a hippie dropout i'm not sure i wanted to be a hippie dropout but i think i wanted to be a free spirit and hmm. it's sort of not in my i'm not sure it's in my dna to be like that because i'm quite a sort of feel responsible for other people kind of person hmm. although i can be selfish like most of us so, no no <laughs> oh, <it's flattering. laughs> so there's a kind of level of, of, of that kind of thing so talking to my daughter back to the actual of saying <laughs> if you want to do that go yeah. for it yeah you know so really you... try and do it and try it now while you're 18 yeah don't yeah, yeah. don't wait 10 years and then think oh and but again the risk with saying that is then mm -hmm. in 10 years time to go oh I've wasted it whereas opposed to <laughs> it's just try it now because now is when you are it's not because you're 18 it's because now is now yeah yeah and oh, it's not a bad thing to try and pursue what you want to do and I think luck as much as I don't really like the word luck maybe serendipity is a nicer word for luck but this thing of um, things happen sometimes people that get to positions or get the job that they want or find what they really love it happens by accident and it's not always a kind of specifically planned thing so yeah. you can do as hard as you like and you can be a really really great guitar player you know a friend of ours mark who's mm. been on another podcast yeah. he is a, an excellent guitar player he's amazing he's very talented but he uh, has remained a guitar teacher. That's not a bad thing. No. But he talks about other guitar teachers that he's met who are really bitter, saying, you know, I wish I'd have made it. I wish I'd have been in a band, all this yeah. kind of stuff. So this kind of thing of, do we just, you know, accept what we've got? So I don't want to be bitter. I don't know about you. I don't want to be bitter about No, I life. want to be bitter. 
I really want to... No, no, of course not, yeah. Because <laughs> that must be worse to think, you know, so I've got an all right job now and I'm doing, you know, okay, I've got a nice family and a nice life and hmm. it's just me that's the problem. It's not anyone else. <laughs> You're not a problem. <laughs> Although, if we can find that the issue is with me, the issue is with my attitude, yeah. that's the thing within your sphere to change. Yep. You are able to make changes in yourself in fact you're the only person who can make changes in yourself you can be supported you can be encouraged by other people you can be reminded or told things by other people but it's your decisions in the end so if it's if you are the problem you're in a really strong position to do something about it also it's really important to not see yourself as a problem (laughs) i think that's quite important because all the potential is there in you and it's it is just a case of you can you can do incredible things you know if you take the two years of not practicing from my students <laughs> and and call that 30 years of not getting on with stuff which isn't quite true because i know you and i we've both <laughs> that's we've not been sitting on our backsides nope. um we've done we've learned a heck of a lot from good things and bad things in life at the point at which you start you will see that's probably where you'll see the biggest improvement yeah. if you make those decisions and you start pushing for things Maybe that's the interesting, like the aspect you were saying about young people now don't expect to be stuck in, whereas we've got that mindset of mm. expecting to be stuck in something, and there's a kind of weight to that of yeah. Oh, you and know, we expect that safety, mm. but we also it's really our parents' generation expected that safety yeah. uh, and lacked maybe they or they weren't sort of encouraged to have the imagination to see some other options. Mm. So it, so that's come down to us, but we're some. But we're some way, as as the the example of you talking to your daughter, hmm. you've you've looked at that that's come to you and yeah. gone, well, I'm gonna change that, and you've made that positive step to move things on in your life, but especially in your daughter's life, in hmm. that example. And that expectation wasn't there of like success. I think for my parents would have been for me to get a really well paid job, hmm. you know, highly paid job. I don't really care that much about work in that way live to work or work to live that's the kind of you know it's often a thing that I say Hmm. you know and I don't want to have to sacrifice my life to earn lots of money because I don't really Hmm. see the benefits of that and people go oh well you could have a nice car and go on a nice holiday it's like but the rest of the time I'd be miserably working (laughs) myself to death yes yes so what's the point of that whereas if I'm like looking at it now what I'm doing with my side project so I've got a normal job that I do and then I'm recording my podcast I'm doing a bit of like random comedy stuff I've got my website I can put stuff mm. onto that is my outlet does it earn money no what what's the point of doing it just to earn money yeah exactly and even even the jobs that we do to earn money if we just go there just sort of clock in for the time and clock out at the end of the day we're not going to be happy whether we're earning like minimum wage or whether we're earning more money i can't even imagine a large number i'm that i'm that rubbish at thinking about like you are about thinking about earning a big amount of money earning a hundred pounds a year yes that much wow (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's that idea of aiming to earn money or the job that you do and enjoying the job that you do and you can enjoy all kinds of things you could it depends on the person Some people will feel enormous satisfaction from doing spreadsheets. Some people will find enormous... I can't think of other things. Uh, um, But, you know, like things that most people wouldn't necessarily think 
were fulfilling. But it can be fulfilling. And almost anything can be fulfilling if you go at it and try to do your best. But bearing in mind that doing your best includes only spending as much time as you've got. And I think that's an important thing. It's something my mum has said a lot recently. She's heard that you should do what you can. Now, that doesn't mean do everything that needs doing. It doesn't mean it do everything that could be done, that's good to be done. Mm. It's, it's allowing for your finite resources, especially of time, but also of uh, money or skills hmm. like you know if someone needed help shifting some heavy stuff out of their garden that isn't a skill my mum could do <laughs> she can't she never could have done that even when she was younger um but uh or she certainly wouldn't have been the best person for it so it's do what you can yeah and and be aware that you've got finite resources and use that try and use them better don't worry when you can't do things mm. i think that can be a really difficult thing and i don't i don't know about you but certainly coming from a sort of christian background sort of post puritan mm-hmm. england <laughs> sort of world of you know you must do everything that should be everything good and all the time focused and even the idea of everything should be focused on the church which yeah. in some ways could be a really good thing as a center of a community but that's not the place that a church necessarily finds itself these days and we may all have separate uh, if you like missions whether we're and i think i think that's an important thing whether you've got any faith or not mm. to, to have a sort of mission mm in terms of that's what I'm trying to do, even if it's, I'm just trying to make the world a better place. And so, like, I'm going to smile at people in the street. Yeah, there's a complication there, though, because, I mean, I come out of a a kind of church context, and what I realised when I've come out of it, so the benefit of, again, of being able to look at being out of a context, is that I was doing a lot to try and please other people. Mm. And I would defer my kind of desires or the things that I wanted to achieve or your imagination yeah so it could be something that's really important but if it's not in the leadership's yeah. plan it's overlooked or ignored and then there was a lot of teaching about like folly and I've said it a few times you know it's my folly to do something and there's this kind of level at which everything's folly and Christian like the Christian church setting that I was in is very much like you have to build up your heaven points and then when you go to heaven it'll be brilliant i was like well i don't really like the idea of heaven this sounds maybe a bit weird but i don't really want to just stand worshiping god 24 hours a day in heaven it sounds a bit boring to me yeah and all the descriptions of heaven that came and then i thought i'm alive now and if i don't do anything with my life now I'm going to look back at my life and think I haven't done anything with my life and then die and at the end and I will look back and go so if I don't do something about it and Mm. actually start trying to do some of the things I want to do I'm never going to do them maybe desperation is a good good thing to have a bit of yeah finding I think that's the thing um motivation Hmm. going back to that idea of those students or us you know, spending a long time not really getting going on something and finding ways to motivate yourself. And my word, fear, desperation, if that's what you're feeling, use it for good. Use it to motivate yourself. And there's that, I mean, there's that strange thing, though, like, as well, like when you're young and people go, oh, you know, if you just do something, it'll all work itself out in the end. And it's like what you were saying about practicing. It's like you do need some aim. And I, I think when mm. I was growing up, my I guess my parents in all that context it's like 
my mum wasn't pushy because she didn't come from a very well educated background then my dad went to Oxford so there's a kind of complete disconnect between the two sides of the the marriage and in terms of that side of my my parents I mean obviously they wanted me to do well in me it was like I don't really have Mm. a vision yeah, you you said earlier about well, you know when I made the joke about being a hippie, <laughs> you know you said earlier not wanting to mm. go down a direct path, and yeah, you need to have, and you said about you don't know where you're going to end up, you sort of get pushed by the wind a bit, and that's that's good, but you won't get very far just letting <laughs> it blow you, so you have to go in some direction, and even if you end up in a different place, but going somewhere, momentum mm. instead of inertia. Mm definitely is such a positive thing and just taking I feel strangely at the moment more <laughs> like a success than I've ever felt before which is I tell you it's a remarkable feeling <laughs> again I, I don't know how long it's going to last but I'm gonna I'm gonna look at myself in the mirror and smile uh, knowingly uh, as much as I can the, the things that I've got more right I think other than some of the things that I've said in terms of well trying practicing things not just guitar but getting better at all kinds of things in life, yep. listening, being a good friend, yep. getting things done. Also, taking the opportunities that are there. Yep. I've tried a few times in my freelance work going out there and finding work. And I don't think any of that has ever worked. Right. But something sort of coming up and going, yeah, I can do that. Mm. These are the deep, you know, that has filled my week mm. with plenty of work. And I'm mm-hmm. ha- at the moment, for the first time in my life, <laughs> having to sort of turn things away. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Might have to take on an apprentice oh, or something. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, yes, and then I can get the power and be in charge <laughs> of a whole megalomaniac oh. organization and sit back at home counting my money and practicing <laughs> diligently. But um, yeah, but I think that idea of taking taking the opportunities that are there sometimes you don't have to have a big long plan although i think having a having some kind of a plan no helps you know what opportunities to grab mm. or puts you in a situation where the opportunities are there mm. but then just kind of going for it i think definitely going for it mm. i know when i when i started in it someone in the youth service showed me the equipment they had and said do you know how to work that and i said yes straight away <laughs> and i didn't but I was strangely confident that I would be able to. <laughs> and that's ended up like 20-something years later, uh, where I definitely know how to work it. <laughs> Although, if I don't know, I'm happy to admit I don't know, which is quite a, a step to have got to. Does that mean you're now the master of 13 amp plugs? I wouldn't go as high as 13. <laughs> you can put that plug in and put turn the it plug on. In, turn it on, yeah. Just about. And watch the red. Well, light. you know what you say that it's so often that's the reason the sound isn't coming out because you haven't turned it on. Still, you still make the same mistake. Oh, keeping the mic. <laughs> that was an aside. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, if anyone wants to pay me for plugging things in and turning them on, I'm available. I'm for hire. Earlier, we were sort of chatting a bit about character and and saying, you know, I said that I never wanted to personally. I've, been in situations where people want me to take up a leadership position I, I don't want to do that because I don't really go for having power of people but I didn't expand on that I I did have a point in time when I took on apprentices and um, not for power but just because I wanted to uh, mentor and also when I first changed job about 2018 I was uh, like an IT mentor yeah. 
So I was taking in young people who were in their 20s who had been scrap heaped in terms of like they're on benefits and they're told that they're yeah, useless. Yeah. So I've got a real heart for that kind of thing. And mm. uh, I can see, obviously, from the conversation we're having that you have a heart for you. Definitely. Yeah. young people as well one of the things that we kind of said that is if people want power that's what they go for so then maybe that's why they kind of take those positions that's why they get it because they're going for it exactly so yeah. you know what what were your thoughts on sort of the context you've been in because yeah, an interesting thing you said about churches is churches are an easy way to get yeah they're a smaller power base positions. so if you want if what you crave is power that's an easier place to get power than advice. a lot of other places yeah so if you're craving power join a church yeah. that's our become advice a cult, become a cult member yeah yes. I, can, I can guarantee it will oh, i don't know about cult member would be as easy well you know i can guarantee it will end up in uh, tears so <laughs> okay yeah. yeah so if that's what you want folks oh that's sad right um what was the question <laughs> power yeah those who seek it do you, have you um, ever wanted to be in charge of anyone? There is a, there is a bit of me that <laughs> what is I've said it's a, switch to confessional voice. <laughs> There's a bit deep inside that I must confess. There is a bit because you see people with power one way or another, and they are at the top of a hierarchy. Mm. Being at the top of something is something that we want. Is that a nice naturally. feeling? Yeah, I think I think yeah yeah. I mean, if you're in charge of something, you should be like yeah, I've got somewhere. I can't really see you like Alan Sugar, though. No, well, I can't grow a beard. Uh, There's always this gap by the side. You're yeah. fired. Yeah. No, no. no, you're not cockney enough. No, no, definitely not. Cockney. Um, but, uh, but I don't really want it. Mm. But I, I, I actually think there's a bit of me that needs to learn to want things like that because the reason I shy away from it is a fear of failure. And we've already uh -huh, talked uh -huh. about that. That's definitely where I'm at, you know, still. And um, there's someone I've, I've worked with more recently, the head at a school, I think, has been someone I've seen work brilliantly with, with me a bit, but with other members of staff in the school to take people who didn't see themselves as leaders, in inverted commas, didn't see themselves as people who should be higher up a hierarchy, didn't see themselves as people who could make a difference there mm. and show them that they can, but most importantly, show them that they can without fundamentally changing who they are to become a sort of power hungry <laughs> you know yuppie type person yeah. climbing a greasy pole that there is in, and in fact this head teacher re clearly recognizes that having this a blend of people as opposed to just high flyer mm. types in your leadership team yeah. is to your advantage in in so many ways yeah so i'm thinking now i'm thinking you're making me analyze I reckon that I've seen a lot of bad leadership style, which I've, is I've what learned, maybe yeah. has made me think I don't want to do that because I don't want to be like that mm -hmm. because I don't like that. I don't like bullying people. I don't like ordering people around and I don't want people mm. worshipping me or serving me in that way. But what I do like as a leadership style, so maybe it's leadership style that we've got to think about. So you're, you're saying now that someone has seen something in you that maybe you've kind of not wanted to engage in, but they've seen it. And rather than pushing you into a, a sausage maker that churns out leadership style of whatever their preference is, yeah. they've actually encouraged you into your way of leading way of something. Leading. Which yeah, is yeah. When, when I was doing my mentoring of people, I was completely happy and I was leading them, but I wasn't sort of 
the boss in that way in of that, like yeah of, well, we've got can you see we've got a, a struggle with the language that we use yeah because that is being the boss but it's being a good boss but yeah. it doesn't sound like a word that you would want to take on to yourself but then in my head I've got this thing of like the boss is always the shouty man yeah. and maybe there's a parental kind of thing going on there mm. again from the family mm. there's like the shouty kind of do this now or you're fired or mm-hmm. this kind of bullying thing of like if you don't do what I tell you you're out the door uh, I had one apprentice I had a I had a um, phone repair business for a while and I had this one apprentice guy and he was a really nice guy and um, it was a point when I I needed him to take up the slack. So he wasn't a kid. He was, he was you know, 18 um, in the sense of he wasn't a child. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he was someone who should be able to take able up to the take slack. You he had, he had a key to do. the shop that he had, you know. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking that he was opening up the shop and being there. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered was that he wasn't there and he wasn't opening up the shop and I'd arranged that one day for this plumber to come and the plumber phoned me up and said the shop's shut and I was like you shouldn't be and I couldn't be there because I wasn't well and so I realized that I'd been too slack in my kind of just trusting so and and and, yeah then I had to fire him (laughs) yeah 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 so that was a very interesting experience because I'd never had to fire anyone before yeah that's a big thing to to do I realized that I couldn't allow that to continue. So that would destroy not just... It's not just destroying him. That's destroying me. Yeah. Because I'm not able to deal with um, him in that way of actually honestly saying, you're not doing your job properly. Mm. You have to leave, I'm afraid. Yeah. And I've given you... Like, this wasn't... It wasn't the first time. Yeah. So it You've given the them first. chances. Yeah, there has to be a point. Yeah, as you say, it's helping them. That's someone at the door. Um, it may be time for us to go and watch the FA Cup final. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> Quite in the flow then. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I think we may return for part two at some point, as the football so rudely interrupted the train of thought. Until then, thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to like and subscribe. I'd love feedback. If you have any comments or would like to join the conversation, please contact me via my website, alex-green.co.uk. So join me next time for even more Commonwealth. Until then, TTFN! TTFN!